welcome back. You are listening to the Seven Generation Podcast. On to episode 13. This is going to be a fun one. How to have healthy dialogue or conversations with friends, family members, and whoever it is you're talking to. So, um, also going to talk a little bit about how to engage in interracial dialogue as well. Um, There's obviously um, a lot of discussions going on in regards to Black Lives Matter and police brutality, institutionalized racism. And if you are on social media and watching the corporate news, you probably noticed that it seems like we just can't even have any kind of dialogue. You just have people who are talking at each other, which is incredibly unhealthy and really, really negative. And let's just face it, we have enough negativity in the world. So I'm going to give you guys a, a few um, ideas on how to have uh, healthier conversations with friends and family members or whoever it is that you're talking to in regards to really just anything. Um, it just seems like people are just talking at each other now. If you are on a different team and somebody doesn't share your ideology, it seems like the whole point is to prove that you're right and that the person's wrong. Seems like, uh, uh, on social media, all people are doing is staying in their little bubble, talking to people who, uh, support their views, just spreading ugliness and negativity, being mean, lacking compassion, all the things that just make us really terrible human beings. So part of the whole seventh generation philosophy is to try to be a better person. Now, obviously we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. Uh, Sometimes, you know, we feel strongly about a topic and somebody says something that goes against our, our worldview or our value system and immediately we go on the attack. And that's really not the best way to have a conversation. And again, just from what I have noticed, it just seems like in the last few years, the dialogue, well, we're not even engaging in dialogue. Um, but these, these conversations that you see in the media and on social media are just incredibly sad and pathetic and unhealthy. <sighs> Apologize, just got done training jujitsu and um, a little dehydrated. Um, but before we get too, too far into this discussion here, um, I want to thank Levi, my white belt, over at the gym who um, was pretty cool in coming on the show. He did a really, really great job. Um, the episode got a lot of uh, listens, which was also really cool. And I've been looking at some of the statistics here, and the podcast surprisingly is doing really well. Um, I was uh, checking out um, uh, where the listeners are from. And I'm going to pull it up here. thought it was pretty cool 
when I saw that we have people in Poland who, a few people in Poland who are listening, Canada, Switzerland. I have no idea why they'd be listening to the show, but hey, that's pretty cool. If you're in Switzerland or or Poland, welcome uh, to the Seven Generation Podcast. Um, Canada, Finland, Ireland, United Kingdom, Japan, the Czech Republic, Germany, Hungary, Turkey, Australia. That's pretty dope. The majority of the listeners are male. Um, about 62%. And we have about 33% female and then non-specified. Um, the age category of our listeners seems to be the largest category is 35 to 44. Uh, seems the majority of the listeners are ages 22 to 44. So anyway, pretty cool. I'm not Joe Rogan yet, uh, but you never know. Maybe I'll be competing with him five years from now. Anyway, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's a, he's a ding dong. I listen to some of his shorter, I guess his clips on YouTube. Some of the content's pretty cool. Water. I need water. So... All right, let's get back to our topic of the day. And let's just start off with um, some common sense uh, suggestions. Um, I guess you might say they're friendly reminders, especially so for my students. I teach a class on race and culture and ethnicity and American minority groups. And I um, think th these are really good suggestions for those students who are interested in these topics and having these conversations. So number one, avoid thinking or speaking in stereotypes. Yeah. So what exactly is a stereotype? I know that um, you've probably heard of that term. Basically, it's an overgeneralization about a group of people. Sometimes it's a racial group. There are stereotypes about Native Americans, stereotypes about African Americans, white folks. We stereotype basically every group. There's a natural tendency in some cultures, especially monolingual cultures like ours, uh, like American culture, to stereotype people. I've had students tell me, well, that's just everybody stereotypes. And that's not necessarily true. We're actually taught to stereotype people. Stereotypes have been used to dehumanize certain groups, um, typically by a dominant group who's looking to take advantage of that group or do some kind of harm, it's very difficult to commit some type of act of genocide or to do physical harm to a group without um, stereotyping them. You know, coming up with these over uh, generalizations about the, the group in question. Um, uh, an example might be 
immigrants, recent immigrants who are being locked up in cages. I mean, there's a lot of people who just don't care. They're like, well, these people are, they're rapists and they're murderers and they're this and that. And they just want to come here and take jobs. And these are all very, very powerful stereotypes. And I think that um, if you're looking at it critically, they're, they're used politically to get some of us I mean obviously there's many of us who don't buy into the stereotypes and we shouldn't Um, but many people you know they buy into the stereotype and and so when you have parents who are being separated from their families or you have these people who are coming here uh, attempting to flee uh, drug cartels or poverty um, incredible incredible inequality um, we arrest them. Sometimes we lock them up in in cages, separate the kids from the families. And there are some people who who don't care, or um, you know they don't they don't see these people as they see a relative or a family member. And that's how powerful stereotypes can be. Is that you can have this cognitive dis- dissonance. To the point that you're not seeing another person, somebody who's like you. I mean, imagine if you're a parent, somebody taking your child away and not knowing if you're going to ever see your child again. How horrific and traumatic that would be. But if the stereotype is effective in dehumanizing the group in question, you may not care. Um, the Nazi propaganda machine was incredibly effective at stereotyping Jewish people, not just Jews, but also the gypsies and African-Americans, any group of color. And they hyped themselves up as the, the superior race. They invented, um, the concept of the Aryan race and even the concept of the Jewish race. And then created all these stereotypes, of course, to uplift the so-called Aryan race and to dehumanize um, uh, the Jewish population in Europe. And this uh, resulted in this really horrible, horrible genocide. And not only were, were Jews stereotyped, also the gypsies and the Russians as well. The Russians paid the worst price of the second world war and they were also stereotyped there was plenty of uh, german stereotypes that were created in regards to um, the russians and again these stereotypes are incredibly dangerous so it's it's important when um, you're having conversations to not stereotype other people so avoid thinking or speaking in stereotypes. And this is really, really difficult, especially since stereotypes are taught typically by our parents. Some of us are raised by racist parents. And because our, our parents have these really extreme stereotypical racist views of particular groups, and then we hear these views over and over. It's like a recording that plays in our, our brain year after year after year, starting when we're young kids. Or we see stereotypes in the media, um, watching um, particular programming, um, then we just kind of slowly 
um, learn these generalizations about particular groups. So, and of course my group, I always tell people we're Native Americans, we're like the most stereotyped people. And there's plenty of stereotypes. We're uncivilized, we're savage-like, we're barbaric, our culture's backwards. Um, those were kind of like the initial stereotypes. Then you have the noble savage stereotype. You know, we're one with nature, connected to the land and so forth. Um, it's not to say that we're not connected to the land. We are, um, but it was um, kind of a um, overgeneralization. And again, there's initial stereotypes of our so-called um, uncivilized behavior was used against us to basically take our homelands and to justify conquest. And these stereotypes persist even today, which is why um, I was so excited to um, hear about the Washington team uh, giving up their stereotypical logo. So avoid thinking or speaking in stereotypes. All right. Number two, keep an open mind. Try to learn from other people. Don't um, go into a conversation trying to um, convince whoever it is you're talking to that you're right about everything. Um, and if they say something that, I don't know, rubs you the wrong way, as opposed to getting upset and running off or ending the conversation, you know, you can ask them why they feel the way they're, why they feel the way they feel. Do your best to keep an open mind to kind of learn a little bit about their perspective. I'm not saying you have to agree with their perspective. You don't. Sometimes you can agree to disagree. Sorry, I'm still drinking water here. So yeah, keep an open mind and do your best. We could all learn from people. You know, I'm a professor. I have all these degrees. I have an AA degree, bachelor's degree in sociology, master's of science in sociology, PhD, um, and I'm still learning. And, you know, I learn from um, my students. I, I learn from my friends. I learn from people that I run into and people I strike up conversations with. I'm, I'm still able to learn. We all are. We all don't know everything. Um, and that's, to me, it's a beautiful thing about being a human being is our ability to learn, our ability to think and reason. Um, you know, I have a stack of books next to me that I'm working my way through and I enjoy just learning about a bunch of different topics. I enjoy talking to people, having conversations, even with people that I don't necessarily see eye to eye with. They have, they may have something um, to share that's really important. Something that might, I don't know, change the way that I see the world. It's possible, but if you don't have an open mind, if you're not even willing to listen, then forget about it. All right. Number three, don't make it your goal to convert other people to your way of thinking. There's no need for that. Okay, that's a debate. Trying to convince people you're right and this person's wrong. 
that doesn't make for a healthy conversation. You know, debates are all about just dunking on another person, making another person look and feel stupid. So don't make it your goal to convert other people to your way of thinking. Your worldview may not even be the best worldview. And we need to understand that there's all these different worldviews out there. And that's a beautiful thing. We all don't have to think alike. I'm not saying you have to sit and listen to a bunch of racist, sexist, classist BS. But you don't have to make it your goal to try to convince somebody that, number one, they are a racist. And that they should change. I mean, sometimes you just have to agree to disagree on whatever topic that you're discussing. Um, if they are being racist, it's okay to call them out on their racism, but you shouldn't try to convince them that they should believe and think the way that you believe. Um, and we have to be careful too with, you know, calling somebody a racist. You know, I, I knew this guy one time and he was, uh, a white guy, by the way. And he used to, everything anybody would say, he's like, that's racist. And finally one day I said, you know what? That's a, that's not a good way to talk to people. Cause you call somebody a racist or you say, Hey, whatever it is that they're saying is racist. And it might be, but to call them out like that, um, you're probably going to lose the person. They're probably not going to want to have a conversation with you. And the conversation may not be all that productive. And again, that's the whole point of this discussion here. How can we make our, our conversations more productive, healthier, less negative? There's enough negativity. I know I keep on beating that drum, but there's just so much negativity out there. And there's just so much hatred. Uh, we need more compassion and more love in the world. And it starts by just allowing people to be who they are. Respecting people for who they are. And I'm not saying that you take crap from people. You accept anybody's racism or anybody's sexism or classism. But we have to allow people to, to have their views. We can't always make it our goal to change that person, to make that person like us. Number four, allow others to express their point of view. I see this a lot in conversations where people cut each other off. They don't listen. Nobody listens any longer. Be an active listener. That means pay attention to what the person's saying. Ask a follow-up question. Number five, call people, call groups of people, call individuals what they want to be called. If somebody wants to be called Latina, call them Latina. They want to be called Latinx, call them Latinx. They want to be called Chicano, Mexicano, Mexican-American, Native American, Hispanic, whatever. Whatever it is that people want to be called, call them what they want to be called. I've had a lot of trans students who, you know, they have their government name and they come to me at the beginning of the semester and they tell me, well, I would like to be called this, you know, and they, they, you know, have asked me to use different pronouns and respectfully, I 
use the name that they want me to use. It's just basic, simple respect. Um, do I completely understand the trans community? No, I do not. Do um, I feel like we should have respect for uh, what people want to be called? Absolutely. And I think you should too. So call people what they want to be called. If their name is Michael and you call him Mikey and they tell you, hey, look, that's not my fucking name. <laughs> my name is Michael. That's what I want to be called. Then call him Michael. Um, call people what they want to be called. This is a, again, common sense one, but I'll mention it anyway. Avoid red flag words, any type of racial slurs, any type of name calling. Don't call people names. If, if somebody doesn't agree with your perspective, don't say, well, there's, you know, I don't know, you're stupid, or I don't know what's wrong with you. You must have some kind of problem. I mean, that's just not, that's not okay. You know, I had a conversation with a friend and I, you know, we had a disagreement about a particular topic and I was, um, you know, adamant that, you know, I just, you know, wasn't sure about a particular issue and I, you know, I was still trying to figure out what my position was on it. And then the person's like, well, you're just old and you just don't, um, you just don't like these particular you know, people, I can't even remember what people we're talking about. And, and I was really offended by that. And, uh, I mean, I am getting old, <laughs> but, um, you know, being old had, has nothing to do with the fact that I wasn't sure about a particular topic. Um, and it just, you know, when this individual started calling me out, it just completely just dis destroyed the conversation. I didn't want to talk to the person any longer. I want to have anything to do with the person any longer. Um, and you know, I just, you know, for me, I'm at this point in my life where, you know, I want to have healthy conversations with my friends and my family members. And if people aren't going to be respectful and, you know, we're just going to call each other out, um, you know, what's the point? You know, I'm just like the hell with it. I'm not even going to engage in these, you know, negative uh, converse, conversations, especially if, you know, somebody's trying to make you feel bad. Um, so don't make people feel bad because they don't think like you, because they don't believe the things that you believe, because they don't share your ideology. It's okay. It's okay that we have different views. We can be friends. You know, I talk to people who love Trump. I can't stand Trump. I can't stand what he's done to this country. I have so many different views on him, but I'll sit and listen to somebody who likes him. I've, I've listened to people and I've asked them, Hey, why, why do you like him? What is it about the guy that, um, you think is interesting or cool? I'm not going to call these people stupid. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that there's a lot of Americans who are misinformed. A lot of Americans who, um, have been manipulated by all this fear mongering and all the stereotyping that I mentioned earlier. Um, however, I, I don't think it's, it's healthy to, um, to engage in name calling. It's, it's, it, 
Well, it's not even that I don't think it's healthy. I know it's not healthy, so don't do it. Number seven, always be courteous and respectful and compassionate, even when disagreeing. It's okay to disagree. It's okay if if the person has a different point of view, as long as they respect your point of view, as long as they respect you, and they treat you well, when they're not engaging in any kind of name calling or um, using any type of racial slurs, uh, it's okay. It's all right to not share the same uh, worldview. Um, I think you can still be friends with people like that. Now you have, you know, you have all these long, lifelong relationships, friendships siblings who don't talk to each other any longer and it's just sad and I get it because there's just you know some people I mean there's some family members who are out of control and they don't follow any of these rules and again it takes two to, to uh, tango I guess um, but I think that even if somebody is being a little unruly we can still do our best to follow these rules i mean i i try to i mean there's some people who talk and you know they they drive me crazy with their views but i'll sit and listen i'll ask questions it doesn't hurt me i you know i draw the line at any kind of racist remarks racist comments you know i check people all the time but I try to do it gently. I try to be as compassionate as I can. And I do not call people names. I don't call people a racist. I'll say, hey, if they say something racist, I'll say, look, that's that's a racist comment. And let me explain to you why. And I'll do my best to explain to them why something is racist and why we shouldn't say it. So that's fine. It's okay to do that. Okay. Guard against the natural tendency to be ethnocentric. Ethnocentrism is one of our biggest issues nowadays. You have people out there who have these strong value systems, these very, really, really strong views, and they see the world only from that lens. And they judge people based on their value system, their worldview, their ideology, their philosophical outlook. That's a problem. It really is. Um... Ethnocentrism is, again, the natural tendency to see your group as being the best group. And it also entails judging other groups based on your value system. Now, as somebody who is uh, Native American and... Um, having been 
you know, born and raised in a country that has a dominant perspective or dominant view that's radically different than my own worldview, I've experienced a lot of ethnocentrism in my lifetime. I've experienced a lot of racism. This is something we all need to work on. I mean, there is a natural tendency for us to, you know, think that our group is the best. But if we're not willing to learn, if we're not willing to ask questions, if we're not willing to listen to other people, then, you know, our ethnocentrism can grow to turn into, you know, extreme prejudice. Um, maybe these extreme stereotypical views, which can lead to discrimination or standing by and watching while other people are being discriminated against. So we have to guard against that. It's not easy. It's not something that um, you can work on in a day and fix. My advice is to, you know, think a little bit about your ethnocentric views. I mean, I have my own and, you know, do your best to keep an open mind. All right, let's see where I'm at on time. Might take a little break here. Yeah, we're about close to a half an hour here. So let's take a quick break. I'm gonna get some water. I'm dehydrated. And then I'm gonna come back and finish up the episode. All right, see you in a few seconds. Okay, welcome back to the show. Got me a little bit of water and think I'm ready to close it up. But before I do, I want to talk about one more thing. Um, probably about five, oh God, it's been longer than five years. Maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago, I read um, <clears throat> a book by Charles Derber. He's a sociologist. And he's known for the book, um, The Wilding of America, which is an outstanding book, by the way. Anyway, <clears throat> I was teaching a class on uh, deviance, crime, and social control, and I used his book titled Sociopathic Society. And when I was reading the book, I came across a term that... Um, he discussed it was um, called conversational narcissism and um, well I'll just go and explain what a conversational narcissist is it's somebody who has a tendency to take control over conversations in an effort to keep the focus or turn the focus on themselves and you after listening to this you you might feel a little unpleasant um, because you you might find out that you are a conversational narcissist because there's plenty of them out there. Um, I know I know a few. So let's go ahead and talk about 
what makes somebody a conversational narcissist. Okay. Well, number one, they do all the talking. Um, when you're having a conversation, there's supposed to be some exchange. Okay. Um, the person asks you a question, you answer, you ask a question in return. Again, there's give and take. Well, a conversational narcissist, they're the ones doing all the talking. And they're only talking about themselves. Okay? They're only talking about themselves. Or if somebody else is talking, they take over the conversation. Um, this is uh, done quite a bit by people. Um, they don't ask questions of the other person. Again, uh, a classic sign of a narcissist, at least a conversational narcissist, is that they're not taking any interest in the person that they're talking to or the group of people that they're talking to. They're only interested in sharing whatever it is that they want to share and having people listen to them. These are self-centered types of individuals. They often take over a conversation by doing this little tactic. There's a, there's a little tactic that they, they use, and, and some of these people don't even know they're using it. But pay attention to this, though. It's like you, you start talking to somebody, and maybe you're sharing a story. Maybe you're talking about what you did over the weekend. And, you know, a conversational narcissist might even ask you, hey, what did you do over the weekend? They may even ask you a question. But it's not because they really want to know what you did over the weekend. What they're really trying to do is trying to figure out a way to get the conversation back to them so they can talk about themselves. So it might go something like this. So, hey, what did you do over the weekend? And you might answer with, oh, yeah, you know, I went on this great hike to Yosemite National Park. Took a bunch of great pictures, did this and that, and all of a sudden you get cut off. They're like, oh, yeah, man, I hiked Half Dome. Oh, it was absolutely incredible. And then they just launch into their experience in Yosemite. Or somehow, some way, your weekend is no longer the topic of conversation. Now it's all about them. It's all about whatever it is they want to talk about. I have a, I have a few people I know who do this a lot. Um, and you know, when people do it, I try, you know, I try to, to, I'll listen, I'll just listen. And every now and again, I'll, I'll see if I can interject something and typically boom, the conversation will go right back to them. Really? They just want you to pay attention to whatever it is they're saying. They're not interested in you. They're not interested in what you have to say. They're just going to kind of weasel the topic back to themselves. Conversational narcissism. It's a problem. Something else that a conversational narcissist will do is they just interrupt people. You know, somebody might be talking and they're, again, telling a story, talking about something that has to do with them. 
and just somebody swoops in, takes over the conversation, and now the conversation is back to this person. So don't be like this. Check yourself. Listen to people. Ask the other person a question. Another thing that um, Charles Derber writes about is um, a conversational narcissist is always trying to tell people that their views or their opinions or their experiences are wrong in some way. Again, a better approach would be to ask them why they feel the way they feel, to ask questions to learn about their perspective in some type of, of uh, meaningful way. Uh, however, um, a conversational narcissist is really just interested in being right. Always being right. Um, and... Uh, and a, a conversational narcissist might ask you a few questions or they might appear to be interested. Um, but while you're talking, this is another thing I've noticed too, a lot. And this just drives me crazy. And, and you know, I've, I've told people, um, well, let me just go ahead and tell you what it is. And then I'll, I'll explain how I handle this, these types of situations. But there's been times where somebody will ask me a question seems genuine. Hey man, what's going on? What have you been up to? Ah, oh, not too much. You know, I've been doing work, going to work. Well, I'm not going to work. <laughs> I'm working at home, but <laughs> whatever, you know, I'm busy grading, whatever. Um, and as I'm explaining to them, uh, or answering their question, I should say, uh, the individual starts playing with their phone checking whatever their messages or texting somebody well this is just straight up fucking rude i'm sorry when you're having a conversation with somebody get off your damn phone put your fucking phone away excuse my language um but it's rude it's 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 completely unacceptable there's just first of all there's no way you can play with your phone and really pay attention to the person who's talking so what you're telling the person is you just don't give a shit about what they have to say. So the way I handle it, I'll just straight up say, you know what, if you're going to be on your phone and I'm, I'm not even going to have a conversation with you, bro. And, you know, sometimes people will just be like, oh, oh man, well, why are you being so sensitive? And my response is it has nothing to do with being sensitive, but if you're going to be on your phone, why? You know, I'm just going to talk to myself. So don't be a conversational narcissist. It's not a, it, it's not, it's not pretty. Um, it's not a good way to have a conversation. Um, talking about yourself is okay. Obviously to a certain extent, especially if somebody's asking you questions and they want to know a little bit about your life and they're saying, Hey, so, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself or, you know, can you tell me more? But if every conversation's about you, about your life, about your problems, about your job and your kids and your family and your girlfriend, your boyfriend or whatever, 
and you don't take the time to show some show some interest in the other person, then you're a conversational narcissist and need to work to change that. So that's a tough one because there's a lot of people out there who are this way and they don't even know it. I had a relative, a pretty close relative that I just stopped talking to this person. He, he was such, um, and he, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that this person generally speaking was a narcissist. He was just a little self-centered, just too self-centered for my, my taste. And, um, whenever I talked to him, whenever I hung out with him, I knew that the conversation, I knew that whatever, whatever it is that we did was going to be about this person. But after a while, I just got tired of it. And what I realized is that this person's not a real friend. They're, he was not interested in anything that had to do with me. He was only interested in himself. You know, I have a good friend. For years, I've had this friend. We don't talk all the time. But when we talk, he's always interested in what's going on with me. He wants to know how I feel about whatever it is we're talking about. And vice versa, I want to know how he feels. Those are healthy conversations. There's give and take. And there's just some people who just suck the air out of the room. They'll just suck the life out of you. And if you're one of those people, it's okay. You can change. You can change. And so there's some stuff I was reading. So, well, the number one rule to follow, if you want to avoid conversational narcissism, is to listen to your conversation partner instead of always talking about yourself. And if you do, let's let's just say you do kind of catch yourself launching into a conversation about yourself, even without that person asking about you, you know, you can figure out a way to bring the conversation back to them. So there needs, there needs to be some friendly, you know, back and forth um, in, in a healthy conversation. And there, I know there's some people don't like to talk. There's some people rather listen. I mean, there's some times where I just want to listen. You know, that's all I do is talk. That's all I'm doing on this damn podcast is talking. I get paid to talk. Um, so obviously I'd like to talk. But there are some times where I just get tired of it and I just want to listen. And there's some people who are just way more interesting than me. Um, and I'm, I'm interested in how they feel about, I don't know, everything and anything. Um, so if you're one of those people who just likes to listen, it's okay. And... If you're one of those individuals who doesn't like to listen, well, you need to learn to listen and you can learn to do it. So, um, let's see here. What else? If you want to have better conversation skills, um, again, learn to ask questions. Keep asking questions. When the person's answering the questions, maintain eye contact. Maybe look at your body language a bit. Make sure your body language is showing that you're interested in the conversation. 
also ask a follow-up question. If you're not doing these things, again, if you're just simply talking about yourself, you're going to find fewer and fewer people who are going to want to talk to you. I mean, I have a fr- I have a, a friend. I, I don't even talk to this person uh, very often. Um, partly because this is another thing that conversational narcissists do as well, is they fucking talk forever. Not only do they control the conversation, but they can go on for two, three hours at a time. Like, how do you do that? How can you talk about yourself and your life and your 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 problems and your your um, experiences or whatever it is that's going on with you? How can you talk about that for hours? But there are people out there who can, and there's some people out there I know. I ha- had this friend I don't talk to very often any longer, but man, I would duck the person when they would call be like, oh man, I can't talk to this person. I literally look at the clock. I'm like, man, I got things I got to do. And I, there was no way I could even get off the phone with this person. Like this person wouldn't, I, I, there was not, you know how, you know, they're usually when you're having a conversation and there's like an in, like, you know, somebody will say something and pause and it'll give you a chance to respond. This person, nah, there's no way to even find an end to say, you know, I got it. I got to get out of here. I got to get off the phone. Um, anyway, uh, needless to say, I don't talk to people like this any longer. And if I do, and I know the conversation is going to be rather short, I'll just listen. I'll just listen to their bullshit. Um, if they're inter- un- interested in me, well, then I, I know where I stand with the individual. I know they don't care about me. I don't care. They don't care what I have to say. They don't value what I have to say. That's, I guess, kind of the, you know, what a narcissist is all about. They just care about themselves. They're uninterested in other people. It's kind of sad. Anyway, um, that's going to conclude this episode. I hope you got something from it. Um, I'll be back again soon with, uh, uh, another show, hopefully within a week or two. Um, I'm right in the middle of, um, well, not in the middle of the semester, at the beginning of the semester and, uh, trying to get adjusted to teaching online. Um, I have seven online classes that I'm teaching. Can you believe that? Seven. Um, so I'm trying to get used to that, trying to acclimate. It's hot as hell. I trained (laughs) jujitsu today in the heat and, um, I'm not going to lie. I'm exhausted, tired. So stay healthy, stay out of the heat. Uh, hopefully it'll cool down soon. We got a lot of smoke from the fires. Um, go out there and have healthy conversations, stay away from negative people, get off social media, um, It's just a sad and pathetic, uh, unhealthy, negative social environment. Um, Talk to people who care about you. Talk to people who care what you have to say. And lastly, don't be a conversational narcissist. All right. Y'all have a great week. Have a great day. Have a great evening. Wherever you are right now, hope you're doing well.